everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Happy, um, I don't even know what day it is today, honestly. I messed up on my days. I know a lot of those days, like, in the past, like, I kind of had some, like, oh, you know, I'll do it these days. Yeah, there's some days I kind of just end up throwing together, honestly, probably. I don't even know what day this is coming out, but happy day to you as well. It's either a Tuesday or a Thursday on this one. And, well, let's just put it this way. The band that we have on today, I'm looking at the, like, breakout on, um... The uh, the audio mixer right now and the audio interface. Let's just put it this way. Remember when we had Matt McAndrew from uh, Rain City Drive on the podcast? Remember we had Elias from Nonpoint on the podcast? And I really didn't talk very much. These guys in this band just riff on everything. They riff off each other. You get to know this band better than you could possibly ever imagine through this. And it is fantastic. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. First off, Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped is sponsoring the podcast for the best below the belt care for all you guys out there. So, yeah, you know, we're getting into, you know, the holidays of the end of the year where we're going to get the spiritual one. Well, spiritual one. Or Halloween, as you know, people should call it. Thanksgiving and then, of course, Christmas. So, you know, what's what's one better way to, you know, make sure that, you know, you're looking good down there? You know, it's like, okay, you know, you're not scaring yourself by looking down there because you've got wild bush down there. No, no, no. You don't want that. You don't want to be scaring yourself down there. So make sure you're taming yourself down there with the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, Manscaped has the all encompassing lawnmower 4.0 to help you trim down there and make sure you get the best trim down there for your boys so that you're looking oh so spick and span down there and everything is in a healthy way so what do they have for you to be exact so let me break it down for you what manscaped has with the crop preserver not the crop preserver i always talk about the crop preserver with the lawnmower 4.0 is they have a shaver that has skin safe technology advanced skin safe technology that prevents any of those like nick cuts i take a look at the blade before it's actually made out of like ceramic so you don't end up getting cut down there it's a beautiful thing trust me and the shaver is also waterproof and has a 4k led light so you can watch yourself mow down there oh yeah you don't want to miss out on that it's the best shaver ever i've ever had down there to be honest with you use it all the time now so you want to get one go get one yourself by going to manscaped.com and get 20 percent off and free should be the code c PP at check out the description of the podcast. We are also sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Music Festival happening in Las Vegas, Nevada on October 21st of 2022. Top tier memer Will Wentz from Modern Day Escape created a meme, and now that meme turned into a dream, which turned into a whole full fledged festival. And if you miss Warp Tour, you're going to want to go to this festival. Bands that we've had on the podcast are going to be a part of this festival are Modern Day Escape, Varsity, Saving Vice, Palisades, Outlier, Along Came a Spider, The Medic Droid, The Original Lab for Skylar Drive, or ASD, Tickle Me Pink, and guess who's headlining day two? They've been on the podcast for It's Secondhand Serenade, so we get to cry our emo hearts up, mosh in the pit, and sing along, wherever you want to do. It's going to be one hell of a time. So I'll see you out in Vegas, October 20th and 21st, 2022. Link in the description of the podcast for when we Get your tickets before they sell out. Oh, yeah, let's mosh and let's have a great time in Viva Las Vegas. Now time for our feature presentation. So this band reached out to me after seeing the Madam Mayhem podcast, and they're like, oh, shoot, we want to be on this. Let's give it a shot. And, well... They did not disappoint. I have Ross and Jacob from the band Labor 12 on the podcast today. And if you want to hear stories about Static X, Seven Dust, Alter Bridge, this is the place to go. If you're a new band and you want some looking for some advice when it comes to being a band, 
and growing and the do's and do nots, this is the podcast for you. When it comes to writing music and it comes to just like really getting into that moment and really getting into those feels of just like all the emotion that are surrounding all these songs, this is the podcast for you. So please welcome Ross and Jacob from the band Labor 12 to the podcast. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. Let's just go back to some of those hard rock roots that we really started out with for this podcast because hard rock is where it is at. These guys reached out to me following our podcast with one of my favorite guests of all time, Madam Mayhem, because these guys end up playing with Madam Mayhem. They're like, hey, check us out because we play with Madam Mayhem and we love that episode, so check it out, see what happens. And I checked it out. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing an episode with these guys. So coming all the way from Texas, please welcome Ross and Jacob from the from ah, from the band Labor 12 to the podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to the Corporation Podcast. Hey, we're glad thank to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad that you guys are here. So first question is for you guys, how has it been going in your world as of late with Labor 12, with, you know, living in the heat oven that we call texas now because it's always hot there apparently and just oh, how's life man. been treating you guys yeah. well um it's been it's been kind of odd we recently crunched the numbers and figured out that we've played in our hometown way too many times yeah. so we're kind of shutting things down here locally and spreading out so yeah that's, yeah i uh, think uh, i think the number it as of uh we have a show what two weeks in two weeks it's it's september 8th whenever that is so it'll probably be yeah. before this comes out but um yeah we have a show with wednesday 13 coming up and i think that will be our 20th time to play here in lubbock since july of yes. 2020 20 or 21 20 or 21 yeah, I, don't, I don't know um which it well i mean we just at first when we first started it was just kind of take what you can get play to whoever will come kind of thing um, a lot of bands weren't playing a lot of venues weren't even open, but we had one venue that's huge here. Uh, so people could space out. And so we were like, Oh, you know, it, it wound up being live rehearsals for us, but good, good practice. So, uh, we played, yeah, we've played a lot of shows here. So we've kind of decided uh, we've started getting the feedback from like our friends. They're like, Oh, well I can't come to that show. I'll see you next time. And yeah. that is like the devil's kiss. Yeah, it's the kiss. Of so, death. so we just we're like, okay, you know what? Here's your sign. It's it's a, uh, um, it's time to play outside. Which we've tried to play outside of our market a little bit and not had great experiences just because of lack of promotion or, or other things or miscommunications and stuff like that. Um, so now we are gearing up to play. We have a show in the Dallas area um september 16th in haltom city which is kind of northish north it's close to fort worth it's close to fort worth yeah um so we're really really excited about playing that show um i've been working on it for three or four weeks now we just released a promo for it and a poster and all the stuff um and then we'll be playing in abilene which is about two and a half three hours east of us um in the end of october so uh those both are looking to be a lot better promoted better opportunities well, we'll, get, we'll get some exposure that we haven't had which yeah. is kind of you know your first time going anywhere that's not hometown that's all you get is exposure if you're on a big enough show and you do a good enough job you'll sell some merch but yeah um it's just it's just getting out there at this point yep yeah it seems like that's what you guys really need to do especially because when you said you know playing 20 shows around lubbock texas 
since it seems like July 2020 because, well, you know, thinking about it, you said, you know, you're playing when venues were shut down and you had a, spy, a space to play where people were able to space out that I'm assuming, you know, it was during that pandemic time, which we can get into because I know some bands that definitely played during that time as well because that's what they love to do. That's how they were making their living. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, people had to make their living somehow. People had to make right, money somehow. Right. And I never right. bashed a band that was doing that. I saw a couple of bands during that time as well, bands I've had in the podcast, because it's like, mm-hmm. shit, I miss live shows. If these bands are willing to go out and do this, like, I want to go out and see them. I want to go out and support them. So I would travel two, three hours. One time I traveled three and a half hours in, like, the middle of the night just to go see a band and literally drove back right after their show. Oh. So I'm like, fuck it. I want to go see a goddamn show. It's been, like, it was, like, six <laughs> months at that point. I was yeah, I was right. craving it, man. Yeah. So I get the point of, like, playing, you know, a lot in your hometown during that time because, again, it was something that, you know, people were able to actually go out and do something during that time. Mm-hmm. But now when you got to that point, you said Devil's Kiss where your friends are like, oh, you know what, we'll catch the next one. It's like, okay, now, you know, we need to really start to expand further right. out so that we can – increase that reach and it's more of a event when we play in our hometown instead of a we'll see on the next one right yeah uh i don't know i don't know if you follow there's a i can't remember his name his instagram handle is bacon bits um and uh he is great he he does like music marketing and music marketing tips like that's all he does and i follow him and uh it's a nice uh refreshing bit of information to hear that 90% 90% of what he suggests we've already done. Um, but one of the big things that I saw him say, I don't know, it was maybe a month ago or so, but it was the same thing. He was like, you're playing in your hometown too much if, and the first one was, if your friends say, I'll see you next time, you know, and there's always something else they can do. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to start expanding. We're going to stop giving them next times. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, it's going to be an event when we play here. Yeah, and that's kind of the way you got to make it because if you make it an event when you guys play in your hometown, then it's it's people aren't going to be looking for that other thing to do. It's to say, oh, we'll be able to catch you next time. No, you're going to be the thing that they look at as they're going to go to their other plans and say, oh, no, we'll do this again next time. We're going to go see Labor 12 play because yeah. we want to make sure we get to see these guys play live because now we haven't had a chance in potentially you know nine months to a year. And if you don't get that chance to see a band, you know, over like nine months to a year, you're going to be craving that band. You're going to want to see that band. And you see like, you know, some of these bigger bands, you know, especially the ones that are going on tour, it's they tend to only go to certain places maybe once a year. Now, I know bands have gone to certain places like twice over the course of a year just because of the way the tour packages are created and because maybe there was support on some headlining another, but... They try and always try and stay away from the same spot Absolutely. over the course of a year just because they don't want to oversaturate that certain part of the market. Yeah. 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 I see. I mean, so we're five and a half hours west of Dallas and Dallas is pretty much the place for shows, right? Anything, any arena touring show. I've seen Aerosmith there twice. Um, supposed to they're, go see Matchbox Twenty there. They're right in the middle of converging interstates, so yeah. it's the perfect place to go. And and there's like a bazillion people out there. So, um, but that's the way I am. Like, if Seven Dust is coming, I'm gonna go see Seven Dust in Dallas or possibly San Antonio. Where I mean, I'm gonna pick them up wherever I can. And it works out with my schedule. Same thing with Alter Bridge, uh, Tremonti, any of those bands. Um, we're gonna head wherever they are because they just don't come to Lubbock. I mean, we have, we have some, we have a really good performing arts center that Hailstorm's going to play in the next month or so. Uh, we're also getting corn <laughs> yeah, in evanescence places. here. It's going to kill those. Two um, yeah. It, it's, it's a, uh, 
So, so we have some, but it's always like a Tuesday night or a Thursday night show, which I mean, when you're local, it's not a problem. You know, 15, but, 20 years ago, we had the big festivals yeah, coming through. Yeah. Like I got to do a show. It was, uh, I can't remember the name of the tour. Uh, well, it may have been the pedal to the metal tour. And I don't know if you remember this, but Zach Wild and Black Label Society, they were the headliners and they had to cancel because he had a heart attack. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. um, Yeah. So we we got to play the one in Lubbock. And so it was Static X and Mudvayne headlining. Yeah. And Chad Gray smells exactly like you think he would after wearing that big Elmo suit. Yeah. <laughs> but but we used to get shows like that and we just mm-hmm. don't nah. anymore. I think I mean, some of that was, you know, 2020 and 2021 and in the it's a lot bigger risk to come out here. I mean, Lubbock's big. We have 250,000 people. So it's not like a hole in the wall, but also there's such a better guarantee in like Dallas um, than there is here that it's like, if I was touring uh, and and I was a manager, I was booking or whatever, I would say, I'm going to go to this population density and this one and this one, you know, I mean, it's smart, it's business. And that, and that's the one thing that, we kind of carry with us too as a band, even though we're a small local band. Um, one, we want to treat ourselves like we're not just a small local band and we want to be serious about it, but still have fun and be cool with people. Um, but we also treat it like a business. Um, every decision we make is like, okay, how does this impact us financially? How does it impact us um, growth wise? You know, who do we reach? What is it going to do? Um so that's that's kind of one of our big things. And so it's also in our best interest to start moving outside of our comfort zone and playing some other places. Cause like, yeah, you grow Spotify followers and you grow this, that, and the other, but like you grow more when people hear you and see you. I followed more bands because I saw them live than I don't I don't listen to new bands ever. I still listen to like I started listening to Alter Bridge in 2004. <laughs> guess what? I still listen to them. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I know what you mean by the whole entire live show thing too, where it's like when you're seeing certain bands, it's you get into them because you get to go and see them live. That's how I got into like ice nine kills. I went to go see light the torch one night, ice nine kills the headline. I'm like, Oh, I'll stay for this. And after the show, I'm just like, ah, this was fucking <laughs> awesome. So it's, you want to be able to get to that live show perspective because it creates some, a, such a different atmosphere to yeah. where you know, you're going to be performing live. You're going to be able to create this experience for people that they're not going to fully get, you know, listening to music. And that's any artist as well. Cause I'm thinking about, I'm going to use bad omens as the perfect example of this. Cause they released mm-hmm. death of peace of mind in February. Then all of a sudden they got put on the under oath tour after every time I die broke up and they took that and they took that. And all of a sudden, as we're shooting this, like they're finishing up their run with bear tooth and a day to remember they're playing fricking arenas as an opener. And people are getting into it. And they're going to be going on their own headlining show with Dayseeker, make them suffer in thousand below. So it's like people are getting exposed. And yeah, that's a lot of touring for one year. But from an album release and all of a sudden you go from, you know, getting on support for a a big tour, being the opener for a gigantic tour and then headlining your own. You're going to just it's the exposure right there and the ability to create so many positive memories for so many people is right there. Now, for you guys, yeah, Lubbock, you know, is a a population of 250,000. That ain't small. Like, that's not small. But when it comes to overall, when it comes to the greater Texas area, you think about some of those other cities. You think about 
Austin is freaking ginormous. San mm-hmm. Antonio is huge. <laughs> Dallas in the greater Dallas metro area with Fort Worth is gigantic. You can throw mm-hmm. Houston in there as well because Houston's what yep. the fourth or fifth largest city in America. So mm-hmm. of course, you know, as a tour manager, people are going to be like putting shows in those places because right. of the large density of population that's going to be able to go and see them. It does kind of suck where it's like, okay, you know, they're not coming to Lubbock, Texas, but it gives you guys a chance too to both say, now we can, you know, really establish ourselves in our hometown, in our home market. But you got to the point where, you know, you've done that with your home market. Now you've right. got to expand to the whole entire state of Texas. And you guys have the opportunity to do that just because you guys are living in Texas. Texas is huge. Texas has a lot yeah. of people there and a lot of major yeah. metropolitan areas for you guys to absolutely hit on. And I've seen bands do it before, and you guys definitely have the ability to make that happen. Well, I appreciate that. Did you say the same thing I did? I did. Okay, that's going to happen. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we're brothers also, if, if anybody here couldn't tell. Uh, so we say the same thing at the same time, same tone and same pace. I kind of figured you guys are brothers, seeing the fact that this is the same last name. So, <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What I was going to say to that. Uh, so. I don't know. I wouldn't even finish. That yeah, I'm not, I'm not going on. to <laughs> move, on. move along, move on, carry on all that good kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> moving on forward. But again, you know, taking a look at what your guys ideas is, you know, moving on, you guys are going to be going to, you know, play a show in the Dallas metro area. You're playing a show. What was the other one that you said that was I uh, Abilene? It's kind of halfway. Yeah, it's halfway between here and there, basically. Yeah, understandable. But, you know, there's other places, too. It's like, you know, Texas is huge. There's got a lot of people there. So you can Mm -hmm. pick up other places because you're not just going to be able to go, you know, okay, we're going to do Dallas. We're going to do San Antonio. We're going to do Austin. and We're going to do Houston. And that's it because to do four shows, those majors, which is fantastic to be able to do. But the space and the travel you need to cover is insane for that. It is. People don't understand how big Texas is. Yeah. Like we have people all the time you know, hit us up. Hey man, I'm going to be, you know, flying into Texas. You want to grab a beer? And it's like, uh, well, where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Houston. And I was like, well, you paying for my flight yeah. too? Cause I, like that's, that's an 18 hour round trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's what we tell people in Texas. We measure distance by time, not by miles. Um, so like anything from us is like a two hour drive. Dallas is a five hour drive. San Antonio is six. Austin is six and a half, seven. Houston is eight to nine, depending on where you're going in Houston. Um, so that's just, that's just the nature of it. And in like crazy, like, especially with gas being what gas is now uh, and, you know, doubling in the last year um, we did a show in a little town called San Angelo, which is like in the, in the reality of Texas, it's actually central Texas. Um, so I don't know if it was when Texas was established, but all these ba- all these uh, cities were like, oh, we're going to claim this territory and this territory. So Dallas is really like East Texas, but they call themselves North Texas. And we're really North Texas, but we're called West Texas. Austin calls themselves Central Texas, but they're really like South Central Texas. And then Houston is like way South. Didn't know um, you were getting a geography lesson. Today. Yeah, right. <laughs> so San Angelo is what I would call actual central Texas. Um, so we did a show there uh, with a band called Zana. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, I have um, not. I think they might be out of, maybe they're out of the Houston area. 
No, or somewhere like, like Nashville. Nashville, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, they were really cool, but the, they... The drummer's a studio drummer in Nashville, so okay. I'm pretty sure that's where they land. Um, so, cool band. Really, really nice people. We, we made good friends with them, but they called us and they said, hey, can you come be locals on the show? And we're like, yeah, well, that's a three-hour drive one way for us. But yeah, we'll, we'll come do it. Let's do the show. It's going to be awesome. Well, um, they had had some issues with their tour their booking tour booking manager or whatever i don't really even know there was a lot of miscommunication um and it's no fault of theirs no fault of the venues anybody's but nobody knew what was going on so on a wednesday night we were headlining this show never played there before never played in this venue never played there before and it was a wednesday night and we went on stage after midnight oh so we played to no one we were supposed for, to be going on at like 10 15 yeah and so, but, but, you know, all, all that to say it was, it, it was a gigantic waste of money. Yeah. I mean, it cost us what, five, 600 bucks to do that trip. Uh, it, was, it was more than that, but yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, still, still for like a, a local, local band, which we all have jobs. Like we, we run a production company. Our drummer does uh, mortgage work. He, he signs on loans and stuff like that. Kind of on the back end disclosures. disclosures. And then our, our, uh, bass players a civil engineer so like we all have jobs and stuff too very uncivilized um, for a civil engineer <laughs> he's a bass player what do you expect it's true um so like that you know we can we can all kind of like pitch into the band you know we're not we're not like a lot of bands who are trying to make money off of it our our goal is one to have fun two for it to be self-sufficient and paying for itself through merchandise and whatever other opportunities we can get um, but that is a major hit to a not very big band. I mean, I think probably across the board, I did the numbers the other day. We have like under three grand and followers like across the board. So, well, maybe not counting Spotify, but like Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Twitter's got like a hundred or something. I don't even look at it. It's it just posts there. You got like um, seven and a half on TikTok. Yeah. Seven and a half on TikTok. <laughs> that half is really pushing it though. Um, so like two quarters, but oh, you know, oh, fair. okay. Um, but that being said, like that kind of a travel cost with zero payout. I mean, so uh, there's three of us brothers, there's me and Ross. And then we have a middle brother between us, not right here, but he's, you know, here in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, uh, uh, he and his wife live in San Angelo. So they came and saw us and they brought some friends. And it was a free show, by the way. There was no. Cover. Oh yeah, yeah. There was no cover. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so it didn't cost anything to get in. I no. think we made. We sold a hundred dollars worth of merch. Yeah, which doesn't even. That doesn't even cover a that, tank that of bo- gas. That bought a meal. Yeah, pretty much bought a meal. So, um, yeah. So it's it's tough. You got to be smart about the opportunities, and you got to make the opportunities worth your time and be able like one of the nice things about us being independent for one and then all of us having jobs so this is not like we're not relying on it financially is we have walkaway power like we're like mm, you know this this and, and it's not like we're holier than now or we're better than anybody else but we can say we don't think this is a good opportunity for us we really appreciate you reaching out uh get a hold of us again you know and and then go from there. So, because I think we have we've had a couple of those opportunities. We're like, I don't think this is gonna 
quite work out for us. And so <laughs> we have one of those opportunities every year. Oh, I know. I mean, it, it's just kind it's of a recurring opportunity that we recurringly <laughs> walk away <laughs> yes. from. I mean, um, but so that's just kind of the, that's just kind of the life. Um, yeah. We're just, we're really just trying to get more exposure for our album. Yeah. You know, at this point uh, it's, it really, uh, in this, I don't, I don't know how to sound, say this so it doesn't sound arrogant, but it's done a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. Like the, the whole point behind the album, like we, we've never been, we, neither of us like bands that write music just for the sake of writing music, just to have something like it, it needs to mean something. That's what I've always appreciated about Alter Bridge, um, Matchbox 20 is another big one, mm-hmm. um, Seven Best. You know, all, all the bands that really resonate with me have an actual message. They're not just in it to be in a band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more exposure we get for this album, the more people we can help. And it's, you know, it's all walks of life. Our demographic is really bizarre. Yeah. Um, like small kids, I would say, you know, six seven year olds all the way up through through uh you know senior citizens you know well into their 60s because you know we one of the songs we have is about uh our our grandmother has dementia and it's you know it's it's a song about going through that process Mm -hmm. and um and it's like there's just there's something on the album for everybody no matter where you are even if it's not I don't know how many pe- times I've heard people, you know, it's not my favorite kind of music, but man, it, it, it means a lot and I love it. Yeah. And yeah, I hear that all the time. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like that, you can look at our inspirations, at least my, Ross and mine. Um, I can't speak to the other guys a lot, but like pretty much my inspiration for the last album was I was into seven dust a lot, which <laughs> seven dust plays a huge part in the reason that this band even exists. So we'll get there. Um, but like seven dust alter bridge, it, it, it's not like you're thinking it's not near that cool. No. Yeah. I wish it was way cooler than that. Maybe oh, we can make see it this. Cool. And... We, we, we yeah. can pump it up and make it that cool though. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so seven dust alter bridge matchbox 20, like Ross mentioned there, I, I have a ticket to them that I bought February of 2020 and then everything went to hell. Um, but collective soul, collective soul, um, shine down, seether, uh, like all good early 2000s bands, all of them. I mean, Breaking Benjamin, I think I can't remember mentioning them, but but basically, the you old know, Breaking Benjamin, yeah, like Phobia, yeah. maybe Dear Agony, and bef- like earlier, yeah. Um, but basically, you know, I loved specifically, like, I love Collective Soul and Alter Bridge because, like, they've got tunes that our mom likes, you know, they have good ballads that are not just like straight up bangers, which is one of the reasons I really love seven dust is because they have all those bands have so much variety and still somehow manage to fit. Like they have a genre, but they kind of push the boundaries. Um, And that's kind of what we wanted to do. Like we didn't make this album necessarily for anybody. We 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 just made made it it for us. Yeah. We made it for ourselves. Um, It's just like, these are tunes that I would listen to. And like, I still, like it's in my playlist and I've got this huge playlist on Spotify, you know, it's all kinds of, it's pretty much every band I just mentioned. And then us and one, it's cool because when one of our songs comes on randomly, I'm like, that mix really stands up well, like to the other, it it fits. It's not like, 
when I was writing music in high school and like I'd get to my song because I'd throw it in a playlist and then have to turn it way up or turn it way down because I didn't re, know anything. Re-EQ the stereo. Yeah. It sounds like crap. Right. Yeah. Um, it, so it was commercially produced very well. Yeah. And but so because we made it for us, you know, like we're never we're not ever going to put out music that we don't like to do or don't like to play. Like that's just totally backwards <laughs> like that contradicts the whole idea of doing music right he, he says um, that but there was one song on the album that he hated hated and one? then we got the mix back oh, oh like, yeah yeah it's oh, my favorite song oh my god it's my favorite song now <laughs> yeah. I, I could i could see the ugly duckling for what it was and nobody believed i couldn't got it i could I not like, like so it's the song psychophantic it's the fourth track on the album i think yeah. um it's really cool so it's actually breaking benjamin inspired like like old like saturate um we are not alone era so like those first two albums i think those are those are the first two right uh yeah yeah so yeah i, I yeah because it was in, in then phobia okay yeah so phobia like those yeah so that. it's kind of like that older style i just had i was just playing one day and i just came up with this riff which is like the opening riff to the song and i was like okay i can build around this and then i sent it to ross he did vocals we we did we demoed it and and i was like okay well I don't know. Uh, even through the whole album process, it was one of the last songs we got. Yes, it was one of the last songs we like, got, but you guys did not want it on the album. No, I, I was like, I was like, I mean, we'd had the conversation already. I was like, if there's a burner song, Psychophantic is the burner song. I will vote right now. That's it. Like, it just is. And then we got it back and we were at rehearsal, I think. Mm-hmm. We'd had a rehearsal and uh, our bass player was there. And, well, I mean, obviously all of us were there. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Um, but he, he was in a vehicle with a very nice stereo. Yeah. So he had, you know, his SUV out front and we're like, Ross is like, Hey, I got another mix. And he'd probably been sitting on it all day. Probably. Uh, Cause he likes to do that. Um, no. Not, not, not like I, do you know? So the first mix we got, I sat on that for like three or four days. Oh, I know. He I know. was out of town. I was out of town. And I was not going to, like, none of us were going to get to listen to it until we all got to listen to it together. Yeah. So, so that was really, I have, I would have a really hard time to be so t- totally tempted. But anyways, we jump in his SUV and it starts playing and I'm like, okay. And then it like really starts bumping. I'm like, okay. And then the chorus hits and our producer, who is actually a former member of Power Man 5000, um, also has a band called Cage Nine. Well, he had a band. I don't. They, he still has all the music. It, it's if you can find it on Spotify or whatever. They're, they're good. They are awesome. Yeah, Cage uh, Nine is a really fan. Write that down. Yeah, really, really fantastic guy. The the his name is Evan, and he is just awesome. So we get this back, and you hit the chorus, and he put this arpeggiator in there. It's like very Muse feeling uh, to me. Like the first thing I I heard. Like when I heard it by itself, I was like, that's Stranger Things. Yeah, it's and very, we've actually used it. Yeah, if you go to our Instagram, you can, if you look down through the videos, uh, that show we did in San Angelo and the one after it, Ross built um, the Stranger Things opening title, except for says Labor 12, because, you know, why don't we? It was right when that last season dropped, the Stranger mm-hmm. Things. So it was like perfect timing. Um, so, yeah. So, um, anyway, so he used that arpeggiator, like just the stems, because we have all the stems. Uh, for various uses and stuff like that and uh but man when that song hit i was like like i had goosebumps and i was like holy crap i think this might be my favorite song on the album and it was my least favorite song and like three minutes ago so um 
yeah anyways that's just kind of it's just the whole album's been music that we want and we love see when i always listen to music when i like you know talk to artists about it my biggest thing is always you know make the music that you guys want to make because that's the thing that you guys are going to be inspired by that's the thing that you guys are going to want to put out there and that's where you get the most genuine sound from where you're Mm -hmm. coming from absolutely And the biggest thing i want to pick up on though was when you're talking about you know the bands that influence you guys and their writing style and when it comes from writing from a sense of purpose and writing from a place of passion where there's like every like there's no song that's just in there because oh this song you know this one might make us some money so we're just gonna put this in here but you right. don't really there connect might with be it one of those <laughs> maybe one but it was still get, fun get oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Anyways, I, mean, I, I, I say I understand having you know fun on some of those tracks as well, but yeah, for sure. when it comes, but even think about this. I'm thinking about you know some of the bands that I've listened to, really got into over the past couple of years, and or the bands that I've been into for a long time. And when you look at like their best songs, or you look at the songs that hit the most with people, it's usually the ones that come from you know the deepest place of personal things. It comes from you know from your soul basically. And people connect that because you're putting yourselves out there. You're putting your passion out there. You're putting whatever it is, whether it's, you know, the positiveness of around it or whether it's, you know, something very negative that affected you and that you're just being vulnerable about. Like, that's the stuff that people really pick up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll use uh, Architects as the example. 2018 Doomsday drops and people just, you know, everyone's all big on it. And it's all based off of, you know, the band losing their their guitarist, Tom Cyril, to cancer. And the whole entire album that they made off from that with Holy Hell is all based around that. But people connect so well with that song because the riff and the sound from Sam Carr's vocals just really pick up and make you feel like that. My favorite band of all time is Rise Again. So, you know, looking at all the politicalness that comes from there, but it all comes from such a place of passion and real emotion so hell even if i don't agree with a lot some of the stuff like i listen I'm like god damn i can still feel exactly like where they're coming mm-hmm. from on this and right i love every minute of it even if i don't fully agree with everything so yeah, when yeah. you listen to bands it's the ones that really we connect with the most and the ones that we really you know dr- that drive us and make us feel the best it's the ones where that we connect with them on a such a certain level because they're being so authentic with their music they're not putting in any fluff no they're putting out what yeah. they want to put out yeah. and we connect with it on a certain way because the emotion is right there and right. it makes us feel a way where we finally understand stuff that we've gone through that we fully couldn't, you know, comprehend. It gives us an ability to explain some of those very intangible things that we can't explain through sound. And it takes some of those bad times and makes us realize, you know, shit, it was, it was bad, but look at where we are now. Like music right. has that power and a lot of bands that really, play with such a passion and play from such a place of personalness and put it in their music. Those are the bands that you see really rise to the top and really have those, that massive connection with their fans. And, you know, they're going out on tour and no matter where they're playing, it's like people are waiting outside to go and see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I've, I've said it since we started. So kind of the, the, uh, the story behind us starting. (laughs) Um, So Christmas of 2018, uh, Tremonti and Seven Dust had just amou- announced their tour together. Who was That's it? Right. So it was Tremonti, Seven. It was Seven Dust, Tremonti. Was it Kane Hill? Kane Hill. Yeah, because Kane Hill had to tell us how great they thought they were. <laughs> the guy, like the guy from Kane Hill, which I'd never seen him. He's like, "Aren't we awesome?" And we're all like, "Are you supposed to ask that at a sh- at a show?" <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we um, we uh, so those tickets came up, and it was like. 
30, 40 bucks a ticket. I don't know. It was, it seemed fair to me for general admin to go see freaking seven dust. And like, I wasn't even it. I was kind of a big seven dust fan. And he knew two songs. I knew two songs <laughs> at the whole entire show. I knew waffle and face to face. Um, Cause I just hadn't listened to them that much. I listened to them in college some, but it was pretty much cold day memory. Uh, and they didn't play anything off that record. So I knew like waffle and, and face to face, but I went to see Tremonti cause I have worshiped the ground Mark Tremonti's walked on <laughs> since I, since Creed. Even. He, he's the reason both of us play. Guitar. Absolutely. 100%. And if you listen like, uh, our saw mirror mirror, if you listen to the solos in it, very, very derivative, like Tremonti riffs and stuff. Like I love him cause he writes good riffs that have soul to them. And it's not just shredding. Like there's so much to unpack with each one and it, it it's just great. So that's anyway. So, uh, those tickets come available and I'm like, we have to go, we have to go. So I get me and Ross and his wife tickets to go see Toronto and seven dust in San Antonio. And, uh, Ross at several times, uh, had gotten a hold of me and said, Hey, you know, I kind of think I want to start doing music again. And I was like, Nope, Nope. Not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's just, it's so hard. Like there's so much work that goes it's a, into it's it. It's a lot of work that people it's a, don't realize. It's a lot of work. And so I was like, I'm just not interested, whatever. So uh, we go and see Tremonti and seven dust. And it was the last night of the tour. So seven dust throws it all out. I mean, LJ could hardly talk by the end of the show. Mm -hmm. um, Tremonti was awesome when they got off stage. They went to the merch booth, and if you got anything from merch, which the, the both times we saw them, if you bought anything at the merch booth, they signed whatever you got, or they'd sign whatever you brought. So like Ross, you, you got a meet and greet ticket. You got to a, buy You basically got meet and greet. You could pay five bucks for a pick and get a meet and greet out of it. Uh, but at our show, what they did that they weren't doing is they were letting us take photos with them at the merch table because they were like, it's the last night. Who cares? Um, so we went, jumped in line, and then went back out and saw Seven Dust, and it was just. Like I still have videos of them playing face to face and like the whole floor. It's this really cool venue in San Antonio. And I can't, I can't remember. It's not bonds. I don't remember the name of it. And it's not the bomb factory. Cause that's in Dallas. I think they, they changed the name to the factory or something. Anyways, like it was just like kind of a longer room, but you just see the whole floor just bounce. I mean, it was so awesome. So I, we're on concert high the next day and we're driving back and, and Ross is like, I knew he was, it, I didn't know it was coming, but he knew it was coming because he decided this. He's like, Hey, we should start a band. And I'm like, okay, but, and this is my stipulation. One, we're, we're going to have fun. Two, we're going to treat it like a business in three. Everybody is responsible to uphold their end of the deal. I'm not going to be no anybody, no slackers. We're and all adults. Then we ended up with a bass player. So. <laughs> yeah, we had to have a bass player. So. <laughs> so, I mean, um, kind of. A... But so we we formed it. The original two, the original bass player and drummer, both had to leave for various reasons, like jobs. Like our drummer got both both getting relocated. Yeah, yeah, relocated for jobs that like our drummer got paid by John Deere to move back to the Chicago area. Like they were like, he he was like, I can't. I can't turn this down. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. a Base huge raise. Was having a job. Right. He was supposed to be going to Albuquerque to start installing security at the new Netflix facility. Yeah. And so that, it was, that ended up not happening. I don't, I don't want to leave that part. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want, uh, to be fair to him, he, he had a really big opportunity 
that he had to take and that uh, he, he knew he knew that he was getting terminated. He just he wasn't going to quit. Yeah. So he didn't want to be a quitter. So uh, we we let him go. And then the job got pulled out from under him after, after, after we, we had got the ball. And we'd already else, found so that, a new base player. Yeah, it sucked. It, it, it was, was that was one of the worst experiences I've had in a long time. Cause like, it's one of your very dearest friends and like, it, it was a whole thing. So now we have our current drummer current and bass lineup. player since and 2019. it's, yeah, it's the current lineup. We've had him, I think since about, I don't remember fall, fall of 2019, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were gearing I up. If, I know for a fact we had our drummer yeah. by November of 2019. Yeah. So we, uh, so we got together and we started writing music and we get, we got asked to do our first opener for Kane Hill here in Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, okay, let's do this. You know, like it's one of those things that we've played with a lot of bands. And I'm like, ah, it's not necessarily my style or my music, but opportunities are opportunities. They're, they're going to bring a bunch of people and, and we need to play in front that, of a bunch of people. That's great exposure. So we're, we're like geared up, ready to go Wednesday before it's a Friday show. I think it was a Friday show and uh, it's, we're like, okay, here we go. It's Wednesday. It's like April of 2020. Um, it was March. Was it March? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was, it's March it was, of 2020 oh! and, and it's Wednesday yeah. and yeah, we have you, our, you know where this is going. We have our first like live cabs rehearsal, I think. And it was awesome. I mean, like you could just feel it in, in, and we're like, oh man, it's gonna be so awesome. And Friday morning, the day of the show, the governor of Texas is like, we're shutting down. And I was like, oh, I was so mad. I was furious. Um, so we had like, and through that period of time, so that that was in March. We didn't actually get to play our first actual show until July. Yeah. Um, but we had six first shows. Yeah, we and all of them canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. I was like, "Did we pick the wrong freaking time to start a band? This is horrible." Uh, but you know, we had been really lucky. Like, uh, we we had, I mean, like we all had jobs, so we invest. Like, we had already invested in merchandise. Now it was only t-shirts at that point, right? And maybe wristbands. Yeah. Um, and if no, it was just t-shirts. Shameless, at that point. shameless plug. For Terminus Tees, if you're in a band and you need, and, and they don't sponsor us, I'm just going to be clear. If you need shirts and you want to make merch and you want to make money making merch, they have a deal that they do. I don't know how long they'll do it, but it's, well, it, it comes and goes. It's, no, it's, it's been, they thought it was going to leave, but it didn't. And yeah. so they're, they're keeping it going, but it's like, uh, you know, white on um, black shirt. Uh, yeah. Kind of like this. You have to buy a yeah. hundred of them, but you get them at like five bucks a piece. Yeah. So kind of like, no, no, no. like this, like white on yeah. black, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so white on black, five hundred bucks for a hundred shirts, up to XL. If you up, get bigger than that, it tacks on like a dollar or, or something per shirt. But still, but, like that's a that was a major investment. Man, we sold the living crap out of those shirts at twenty bucks a pop. And so, I mean, like that's money. Uh, so and so that was like. I love them to death. They do a great job on all of our shirts. They, we, they do all of our shirts except for some tank tops we've had done and hoodies. Um, but that was kind of our thing. Like we had already dumped money into it. So we got to sell these shirts. So we, we had the shirts 
and didn't have a way to sell them. <laughs> like we, we had, you know, we had our friends, but like nobody was going to buy shirts from us. We didn't even have any music out. Yeah, we really so kind of did we, things backwards. Well, no, I, no, we we didn't. We just got we got screwed. No, that's I mean, true. You, you don't want to go got, to your. Yeah, I was say, you, you don't want to force to do them backwards. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't you don't want to go play your first show completely empty handed. No, we, we see bands that do that here, and it's mm-hmm. like. Man, I don't even care if you go get some stickers Sticker and they'll mule. go get stickers mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we take cash only. And it's like, nobody's going to buy your you stuff, dude. have to take I, like, I actually think we really need to do like a video series on just like if you're starting a band. Here is your tips for merch. Yeah. Terminus. Do the white on black design. It's I mean, you got to have like five. No, nobody buys a rock shirt that's not black unless it's the Foo Fighters. Because the Foo Fighters are going to tell you what color to buy when you go to their show. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, that, so, yeah, shirts. I mean, black shirts work and white design, like just find a cool design and do like invest. And then also like another I'm a big promote proponent of Sticker Mule because I think they do the best final stickers like ever. They're super high quality. I like them because they're like a matte finish, um, but they run deals. They run the deals. All the, like like this week, even. Now, when this airs, it won't be the case. But when we're shooting this this week, well, it might doing, be. I don't know. They might do it again. Uh, they do it all the time. But they do. Th- you can get a three by three die cut sticker, any color you want. You can get fifty of them for twenty nine bucks. Turn around and sell it for three or four dollars. And guess what? You just made one hundred and fifty bucks in profit. Like it. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. Oh no, no, wait, that's not right. Twenty nine. So one hundred seventy one bucks in profit. Um, but who's counting? But who? Like right. So. So do stickers, they're cheap. It's a, it's even a smaller investment than shirts, but it's, you need to have something to give or something that people can buy from you if they like you. Uh, and then you need to be able to take payment in any legal, put asterisks there, yeah. any legal, legal form possible. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like you, ha- you have to have some sort of way to, of course, you're going to accept cash, but you also have to some, have some way to Venmo, accept cash app, debit. credit cards. Yeah. Basically we, we do, you know, credit cards, PayPal, and Venmo, Venmo outside of cash. Yeah. Yeah. Cash app still too janky. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I've, yeah. I, I've made your trust issues move, with move, it. moving on. Yeah. So, but that being said, like we've seen bands that, and I taught like, well, I try to, we try to help give back to the bands we play with. Right. Even if they're like, sometimes we played shows with kids. I mean, kids there was a i can't remember what the the name of that band was there was a band that um i'm actually friends with a bunch of them now Uh, something by design yes i yeah i can't remember what it is but but they were kids and so they just had a little bit of merch and they only took cash and i was like if you want to be serious about it you can throw my advice right out the window but i want to help and here my here my two things get stickers because they're cheap and be able to take any kind of digital payment and cash. So credit card, Venmo, PayPal, whatever, because everybody has one of those three or four things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if, if bands are willing to listen, I'm not trying to tell them how to do it. I'm just telling them, Hey, this is what's been there successful. Are, there for are us. things that there's empirical evidence and they work. And yeah, we just happen to be lucky enough to, well, we're also at an age where we're not trying to, figure life out is 18 year old that's true you know i'm just trying to figure life out as a 30 year old so um 
yeah anyways i don't know rabbit holes we did it yeah Oh, yeah. but I'm, I'm loving this rabbit hole too. Cause even from my perspective, especially with the podcast, cause it's something where when it comes to like producing merch and anything, like mm-hmm. I've been stuck on exactly what the hell I'm supposed to do. Like what do I want to do with this kind of thing? And when it comes to accepting payment, I've got like stuff set up for cash or not cash for PayPal and Venmo. So I could get something set up and I've got, even if I want to go through, what was the merch company you guys went through for the black and Terminus? white? Terminus. Yeah. Terminus. Like I go I'll send Terminus. you, I can send you all the links. I'll actually, when we're done, I'll send you all the links to everything because like I've got them all saved. And I think we get we it's not really affiliate links, but they give us a little bit of kickback. But I don't send them. I don't. It send doesn't cost. There. It doesn't cost you anything extra. We just right. yeah, we get a little bit of credit towards our next order. Yeah. Yeah. But and I'm, and I'm, more because, than, I'm more than happy to help you guys with that, too, because I understand how that all works, especially with right. like the sponsors for this podcast as well. It's for the sure. same deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we we love helping people with that kind of stuff, because like the way we see it and this is kind of the way I've looked at this band. Um, we want to have a seven dust reputation. When I say that, I mean, every band you talk to any of them, if they know seven dust or they've played with them or they've even heard about them, they love them. There is no hate for seven dust except for maybe Fred Durst, but, um, <laughs> but he hates everybody. Right. So, yeah. so like even I saw a thing from, I think not fest shared it or somebody did. I don't remember. But there was an interview that Corey Taylor did and Corey, they had, they had gone on before seven dust or after seven dust. I don't remember, but he basically looked at Jim and some of the other guys were standing there and he's like, okay, we were good, but were we seven dust good? And like, (laughs) they just have that reputation one. I mean, they put on a phenomenal show, even like I got to see him on the animosity tour this year. So like the anniversary tour, it was so cool. Um, But everybody loves those guys and it's because they're just nice and they do what they can to help. They get on stage when they're not supposed to be on stage and watch your show. They just support, like they're like the backbone of rock and roll anymore, like modern or post grunge or what new metal or whatever you want to call them. They are like the backbone. And so I want to, I want us to take that. And, and tell people like, Hey, here, here's free information. You don't, you can take it or leave it, but we want to help. We want to give back. Um, because you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Absolutely. And I got to jump on a couple of these things. Well, one with the whole entire like merch aspect that you guys have and all the uh, advice that you're giving. This is perfect advice for literally anybody that's trying to put anything together because yeah. especially from like a live show perspective or anytime you're going and doing something, you know, if you're going to be performing somewhere, you got to have something for people to get and something for people to buy. And you have to allow them to have the ability to buy that stuff. Use the pandemic as the example for the types of payment. You know, once the pandemic hit people and a lot of different businesses, a lot of these major corporations were going away from cash. You're seeing cashless, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in entertainment style of uh, transaction, like sporting Mm -hmm. events, how many places have gone cashless? They don't accept cash anymore. So they have to pay with either a credit card or a debit card. And sometimes, you know, PayPal or Venmo or whatever they have, it's available mm-hmm. for that. So you have to be able to cater to that because people are not carrying cash anymore, given the fact that it's not being accepted at some of these places. Secondly, yeah. what you guys said about seven dust as, you know, it's like your goal is to be, you know, at that seven dust level where it's, you know, people are talking about labor 12. And it's like, you know, they're just talking about it's like, we love playing with these guys. We love their energy. We, it's like, we want to be kind of like having that energy. And whenever I've, I've only seen seven dust twice up to this point. And the first time I saw them, I knew of the name. 
I had not listened to any of their music ever at this point. Uh-huh. The whole reason I went was because it was they were here in Milwaukee. They're playing at the rave. And they were opening for In This Moment. And I'm like, shit, I want to go see them and see what happens. Seven Dust was opening for In This Moment? Yeah. That blows yeah. my mind. And this, this I was mean, in, like, this I was just, in, it's, yeah, anyway, this, sorry, go ahead. I'll say this was in 2019. So this was right after the Tremonti tour. With the yeah, video. okay, okay, okay. It was immediately after. And Makes I remember okay. going to see them and it was crazy because you had Seven Dust upstairs in the ballroom of this venue, which is, and there's probably like at least 3,000 people there. Yeah. In the basement of the venue, though, you had Tech 9 down there. And in between songs, like you could hear the bass from Tech 9. But then, like, as fans were filing out, because we all walked out together, the Tech 9 fans were like, shit, what the hell was going on up there? Every time, like, we took a break from a song, we heard you guys going nuts up there. And they're like, <laughs> but it was mostly for the first half of the show, not the second half. You're like, oh, you heard us for Seven Dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was awesome to see him play live. And then later that year, because this is, I wasn't there, but I've been told this story where at Rockfest here in Wisconsin, there was a tornado warning. Everything was kind of going down south, like for I the festival. Play Rockfest so bad. But then tornado warning left, and people were starting to come back into the festival. And Beartooth was supposed to be playing at that time. So Beartooth goes on the main stage to try and get people back into it. And Beartooth's energetic as all hell. So they're going to be able to get people back into it. Yeah. After like three songs, they were told that they had to leave because Seven Dust was going to be going on next. And seven and like the management for Rockfest was trying to get Beartooth off so they could honor the contract with Seven Dust. But the yeah. guys from Seven Dust were like, no, 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 no. Let this roll because they're the ones that are bringing people back in the festival. They're bringing yes. the mood back up. Like it wanted uh-huh. Beartooth to keep rolling mm-hmm. because Absolutely. the fans were into it. They were more concerned about the fans than, you know, pl- their right. playing time, which was fantastic. And then this year I got to see them at Welcome to Rockville down in Florida Okay. And yeah. the day that they played, we had the rain, like a couple of rain delays that day. Oh, they no. played just before the first rain delay. They got their whole okay. entire set in and they were like the only band. They, they basically, I think Rockville purposely did this. They had seven us as the only band scheduled at that time. Oh, because yeah. Because they knew uh-huh. what was going to happen mm-hmm. because if they had a band somewhere else, you weren't going to go watch them. You were going to go watch Seven Dust. Right, yeah. So there's right. like 20,000 people watching Seven Dust as the rain's ready to roll All the in. other bands want to watch them too. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, I was dying to like, I was, I felt like I was dying to heat stroke that day too. And I managed to like, I got, I like, I just didn't want to leave them. Like, I can't leave right now. Seven Dust is on. Right, right. It's like, if you, if you're able to attain like that kind of feeling as a band where you guys are going up on stage and it's, you know, people want to see you. People are just like, we don't even, you don't have to be the biggest fan of the band, but you just enjoy them that much. Where it's like, I don't care even if I don't know any song. I got to go and see these guys play yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the like most genuinely nice people. Oh, yeah. Too. Like, yeah, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet and hang out with them a couple times. Mm-hmm. And like, they're just dudes. Oh, yeah. Like I have, just a bunch of bros. I have and... heard of more people. There are more people on this planet that have LJ's phone number because they'll just run into him at like a Kansas city Royals. Yeah. And they're like, you're LJ from seven. Dust. He's like, yeah, bro. Want my number? You know, like <laughs> well, he usually doesn't <laughs> offer it out, but like, I know tons of people that have phone. like now, if you, I think I've seen it maybe once or twice, like screenshots of his text messages. And he's one of those people that has like 946 unread messages. So it's probably everybody that he gave his phone number to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he's just super chill. Actually, speaking of that, um, I bought a cameo from him for our drummer's birthday in January. And 
I can, I'll send you the link. It's kind of, it's funny because he can't figure out how to say my name. Um, but you know, I, one of the things that I wanted him to say to our drummer was like, congrats on the album. He's like, album, what album? I got to hear this shit, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, you know, months later, I'm like, I got to figure out how to buy another cameo and be like, I don't want to be this guy, but technically you said you wanted to hear it. So <laughs> is it like, this is the name of the band. We're on Spotify or wherever, you know, we'd love to hear something back. Cause like, that's like my, at this point, my musical career goal is just to like open for them. Like, just like I will drive to Dallas. I will drive anywhere in Texas, Oklahoma, New to. Mexico, or any, like if they called and said, um, they have a show in Florida tomorrow, I'd be like, I'm going to have to put on some big tires because I got to get there. You know, like I, <laughs> I would do whatever it, I, and I think any of the guys would do whatever it takes. Like I'll call in sick tomorrow. It's cool. Um, but that's, that's definitely like my goal right now is to be able to open for like them or alter bridge is like, and, and just like pick up legs of a tour. I don't want to go do the whole thing. Um, I don't know that any of us are cut out for that lifestyle. <laughs> I think soil is um, about to hit tour again. I'd love oh, soil would be uh, fun. like, I, I opened for them. And it had to have been like 2007, 2008, but it was with the other singer. Oh, so when Ryan, no, yeah. no, he was not, he was not nice. Is he back with them? Yeah, he's back with okay. them, but I'd, I'd love to open for soil. I'd love to open for static X. Yeah, that'd be fun. We know the guys in static X or at least three of them. So, so actually fun fact. Um, so one of our songs is called the monster within it's actually a tribute to Wayne static. Um, Ross is a huge fan of Wayne, which he could talk about if you want. Uh, you know what? You just do that. You want me to tell yeah, the story? Yeah, you can tell the story. Well, yeah, let, so let, let him tell the story. I got to hear this from like the man where it's just like the inspiration is going to be like, oh. yeah. So I was in like, we ha we have a cousin who managed to be friends with a guy whose brother-in-law was <laughs> Static X's uh, guitar tech. Cousin's former roommate. So, but he he was their guitar tech, one of one of their longtime friends, and um, he ended up moving out to Lubbock. He was my guitar player for a while and got got my band on a couple of shows with Static um, regionally, and then and like I. 1999 2000 i heard i'm with stupid you know right right after that album wisconsin death trip came out it was the first metal song i ever heard and it stuck with me like i i, I can't think of anything appropriate to say so um what do they say white on rice yeah yeah stuck with me yeah. like white on rice yeah that, that one's <laughs> not racist i don't think um <laughs> but anyway so like fast forward you know i i moved to moved here to Lubbock and then you know Static X came through a couple of times and I was like oh I, man I, I remember that I remember that band and they they had just dropped uh the Start a War album and then that's the one with uh Dirt House Dirt House on yeah. It. yeah okay um and, and like you know just it, it just all kind of came together and then I don't know just something clicked and I just loved Static X so when I became friends with their guitar tech who eventually became one of my guitar players. Um, I actually got plugged in and their original drummer, Ken J Lacey, who he he's still, he's their drummer. He's now. the drummer now, but he was the original now that the drummer. band has uh, reunited. Mm -hmm. um, but he produced my last album and 
in 2019 when they went out on the the Wisconsin Death Trip anniversary tour the memorial tour for yeah me. yeah and it, it was 2019 so it was it was the 20 year anniversary tour. yeah yeah um we have those dope flat hats from yeah it. we do we do <laughs> but like you know 2014 when wayne od'd and died that was devastating for me i don't i don't get upset about celebrity deaths like wayne was a hard one um taylor hawkins recently was was actually a pretty hard one for me and the third one that i've had a hard hard time with was leslie nielsen yeah and really Oh yeah, love love his movies. Big Naked but, Gun fan then. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Naked Gun, Spy Hard. Uh, yeah, wrongfully. I accused. knew we were gonna be friends. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I well here. Oh I yeah, you know. can. I don't know if you can see. You might have to this. move this way. But it's the it's he has the an airplane, airplane tattoo. And it says, "Don't call me Shirley" on it. About to say, surely you can't be serious with that, yeah. but you literally yes. took the words right out of my mouth in that yes. response. Yes, I did. I did. But <laughs> now, now, before anyways, you continue so- the story, I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all kind on you. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> anyways, I've been nervous lots of times. Um, <laughs> anyway, so so 2019, like there, there was a pretty big fallout with my old guitar player, and I kind of figured that my my ties to Static X were cut. Like I, I could, you know, talk to Koichi periodically, you know, just text him, you know, Merry Christmas, Christmas happy, happy birthday, birthday, you know, stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but I didn't talk to Ken J for a long time because I knew he was really close with my old guitar player. And I'd reached out to Koichi because we we had already bought our tickets to go see him in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to see you guys. You know, I haven't seen you since... 2010 or something like that Mm -hmm. last time i saw him was actually on um it was the last date of the of a u.s leg of the cult of static tour it was in odessa texas we opened that show and i brought their guitar tech back to lubbock where he was living at the time um but i was like man it's been been too long want to see you guys and um if it's cool you know like to hang out oh yeah sure and of course you know day the show comes it's the third uh is the third show of the tour and they're still having technical difficulties just trying to get the kinks ironed out and i see a guy walking from the merch booth this is after the show where we almost died um because oh, it was dude, so it hot was so in hot. there it was at the gas monkey oh my gosh in dallas in dallas it's, uh, it was like, so hot that security was bringing they, us water they were the bringing free water to people just so they wouldn't have to take us out in an ambulance. Yeah, it was but wicked hot. Anyway, so show's over, and I'm kind of hanging out, you know, trying to get a hold of Koichi. And I see uh, their, I can't, he wasn't their tour, might have been their tour manager. I can't remember, production manager or something. Yeah. But this guy walking from the merch booth back to where I know the band, people are lining up for the VIP. And I was like, hey, he's like, dude, man, the guys have been looking for you all day. And I was like, they got a funny way of showing it. <laughs> yeah, <they got> a <laughs> phone number. Anyway, so you know, got got through the whole VIP thing and got to hang out with him for a little while and reconnected with Ken J. And then have we yeah, I guess we kind of started the band at that point. Oh we, yeah, we, we, weren't, no, re- we weren't really doing anything with it. It was um, only like two, this would have been like three months after we saw Seven Dust. Yeah. So um anyway, so you know, as things kind of progressed, Jacob had written a song. And sent it, and I was like, "Dude, that totally sounds like Static X." And he's like, "Yep, I totally meant it too." Yeah, and um, <laughs> pretty derivative. So that that ended up being the monster within, and it was very much about 
me processing, you know, Wayne's OD and how, you know, how I wish things could have been different, but, um, I reached out to Ken Jay and I was like, Hey, um, would you and Koichi like to, you know, contribute to the song and, and never heard anything from Koichi, but Ken Jay was like, yeah, I'll do some, I'll do some programming on it. So that song actually has a piece of like, literally has a piece of static X in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that song has programming by, by Ken Jay in it. And I like, at first I didn't tell him that it was about Wayne. Cause I didn't know how touchy of a subject it was, but then I was like, uh, I, I have to tell him that's like kind of a dirtbag move to, you know, withhold that information when it was about his friend. Mm-hmm. And I told him, he was like, dude, Wayne is so full of himself. <laughs> like he doesn't, he does. And I, I was like, I, I know, but th- this is for me. And so anyway, so we, you know, produced the song, we got it back. And like, I, I sent our producer the, the new project regeneration volume one, the new static X record and i was like this is the only time i'm gonna say i want this to sound like this but we want this song to sound like this and he's like oh i got you i got you bro don't send it send it back (laughs) and it was like like we've had several people tell us you know that's the closest thing we've ever heard to static x that wasn't static x Mm -hmm. and um eventually uh talked to tony their bass player he kind of he he's the shot caller for the band Mm -hmm. and I, you know, wrote this real long thing because he and our other brother had come up with a design. And I was like, we we would like to do, we would like to put this design. It looks like Wayne. Uh, We'd like to do it on a t-shirt, but a, I don't want y'all to think that it's a cash grab. That's not what this is about. Um, Like you guys have been a huge influence on me for years. And this is, this is a tribute. Um, And two, you're totally cool to say no. If mm-hmm. it's not good, um, that's fine. If if you're okay with it and the family has to clear it, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And he he messaged me back and he's like, "Man, as long as it's tasteful and uh, you know, I mean, I I'm cool with it." And of course, I mean, it's it's a skull with Wayne's hair, and so yeah, that, it's with, within, cool. <laughs> within 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 you know the realms of metal, it's tasteful. Yeah. Um, I've seen the zero mask, so I think we're way good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. But anyway, so yeah, it's just been, it's been kind of a trip. So yeah, that that's, that's kind of the cool thing. Cause like, we'll have people come up to our merch booth and they're like, is that Wayne static on your shirt? We're like, yeah, it's what it says on the text. There. Yeah. I mean, it does. And it does say, it says in loving memory of Wayne uh, and the yeah. years, you know? And uh, so that's kind of like a really cool thing that we have. It's like, we actually got like permission, like real permission to use his likeness. Now I'm not saying this, like don't call them and bother them. Uh, it, I, I I've known those guys for a long time. So I felt mm-hmm. like I could. Yeah. Don't just message them because you heard me say it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, big disclaimer. Uh, so, but it, it's just kind of cool. Like, um, and we have a lot of connections like, like the, like Evan who mixed our album was a previous member of uh, power man 5,000. He mixes, I don't know if he still mixes their stuff, but he mixed a, several of their albums. He's done, um, Lacey Sturm, Lacey Sturm, you, Adelita's way. Um, uh, I think it was asking Alexandria, wasn't it? I think he's done both of them asking. Okay. Alexandria. Uh, yeah. All right. Like he's, he's mixed some major records out there. And I mean, he, the guy punches. So, it was funny because when we had told 
Randy and Tanner, our, our drummer and bass player about it. And they're like, well, you know, I'm going to have to hear some of his, we're going to have to hear some of his work and we're going to have to make sure that he's the right fit. And we're like, you know what, we'll we'll give you whatever evidence you want because you can take our word. But if you want evidence, I mean, it's a lot of money that well, and that was a hill I was prepared to die on. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we can't like a, we can't afford anybody that y'all think you would want to afford and be like, I'd know I've known the guy for over 15 years. Yeah. And so I've been wanting him to mix an album for me for 15 ever. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we got the, I remember we, uh, I was out of town. It was the first song we had, excuse me. It's the first song we gotten back. It was mirror mirror. Cause initially that at one point we, that was going to be our first single um because it's a really good song it's a song about um suicide and kind of being in that it's suicide awareness it's suicide awareness and being in that frame of mind and like we've both dealt with it we've had family that's dealt with it we've had family very close to it and then during the course of our album we had one family friend commit suicide and before we started recording i guess it was still it, it we were recording at that point um uh martin and jason both no was no, that the that, year before no that was february of 2020 because that yeah was, that was a super okay it was like the first was the night of the super yeah Bowl. so we we've we've lost an astounding amount of people to it and so that song means a lot to us i mean it, it is kind of it's really kind of the core of what we wanted to do with music and what music's done for us um and so we got that mix back and Ross told us, he's like, I've got it back, but we can't, we're, I'm not listening to it till we can all listen to it together. And it's like, oh, dang, I had to go out of town for work. So I was gone for like three or four days, drove back into town. Well, we were playing that song that day. Yeah, we were playing that at song a at, a, at a memorial benefit thing, uh, just like an acoustic version of it. And so um, we got together and it's pouring rain outside this venue Um, that was the venue we played our first show in and uh we get together and we're in randy's dodge whatever his mom dad car um (laughs) it's a super cool dodge i wish i had one the factory sound system is amazing so we're all sitting in it and it starts and it's like holy crap like this is real and it's you know so the song plays and i'm like almost in tears because it's just everything I've ever wanted since I was a little kid and I was eight years old and started playing guitar is literally happening around me. And we get done. And I was like disappointed because in my head, I went, we don't sound like anybody. Like we, who do we sound like? I wanted to sound like, and then like about three seconds after that, I'm like, we sound like us. It's us. And that, that was the cool thing about having Evan do our record is that, he, he, he took really the helped. best of us. He really refined. And, and I mean, yeah. like in, if you're in a band and you're really doing it, your, your producer is your auxiliary member. They really honestly make or break you to pretty much your whole crowd. Um, and he just took everything and refined it. And, and I was like, Holy crap. This sounds like every record that I love mix wise but I played that. Like, did I play that? I played that. You sang that. You played that. You did too. I mean, it was just like, and so it was, uh, oh man, it was something else. It was a surreal experience. Very surreal. Sure. 
Um, so, and then, and then now we're here talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know when you have something special though. When you think about any other band that's out there where you listen to them and it's like, you know, it's them. It's, there's always something at the core mm-hmm. of that sound that you Absolutely. know it's them. And those are the ones that just take off and just do like do phenomenal things. And I think about this way too. It's like, there's a lot of people out, a lot of younger bands where it's like, they want to sound like this band or this band because they're heavily influenced by it. That is totally fine. I understand that, but you don't want to, you know, go around your whole entire, as a whole entire band, like we're going to just sound like this band and that's it. That doesn't work. It's when you have something that, you know, you realize this sounds like us. This is us. Mm-hmm. that's when all of a sudden, you know, you have this, like, there's, there's a certain, like, um, passion, this certain, like, adrenaline, this certain just, like, drive that just gets added onto it because you're like, holy shit, this is us now. Like, we yeah. have this. Like, we found this. We have our sound. Now let's just roll with it because mm-hmm. yeah. it's you guys. It's unequivocally you guys. Yeah. yeah. Man, like, one of the, one of the kind of, it's a bizarre thing because I don't want I don't want to come off as the dude that just listens to his own music all the time, but it's like, uh, I still, I listen to it and I can't believe it. Yeah. But it's also, it it still serves its purpose for me, which was like the, there's been, you know, without going into any details, uh, my family's been under a lot of pressure, a lot of just a lot of bad stuff happening lately. And like I popped in a song, you know, popped on one of the songs called Phoenix Dark Dirk. If you're uh, a mystery man, if you're a mystery man fan, Um, but uh, popped that on because that that song is still exactly what I want to say and how I want to feel in those moments. And it's it's not it's I don't know, it's weird to not put on somebody else's song when I'm that pissed off about something, it's yeah. like, I, I wrote that because I was angry about a situation and we're in a similar situation. And my voice is the one, you know, kind of opening that pressure valve. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, that's just kind of what this album was. I mean, there, man. So if you go to our YouTube channel, we shot a mini documentary every day. We were in the two, uh, in the, not on studio in the studio so you can actually from day one to like day 44 watch the whole basically this album piece together once it got to mixing you know we did there wasn't anything we could do with that but but (laughs) But, but it's almost like we walked in children and came out men oh my gosh so so, so like i i go back and watch it every once in a while and and you see like we were very honest about everything that was happening during that time too like we there's a day, the day that Ross started doing vocals on Mirror Mirror. We weren't even supposed to start doing vocals. We weren't yet. supposed to be doing vocals for a while. We were going to track all the guitars. Well, we didn't even have the, the vocal booth built. Like, no, no nothing was ready. No, it wasn't ready, but we made it work because a family friend of ours committed suicide. And it was just like this bomb just dropped in the middle of everything. Like, I, and I don't even, I don't even know how. I think I just, I saw something on social media about it and I called and told you because I was at lunch having Chinese food, which is terrible to eat if you're going to be recording. Vocals specifically. Yeah, 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 vocals. Um, and, and I called and I was like, okay, so like this, this happened mm-hmm. today. We have to record these vocals. 
Like yeah. I don't, there's, there's something about it. I don't want to say I want to take advantage of being in the right headspace, but it's something that needed to happen. Yeah. And like the album is called monsters and it's a very, it's literally the metaphor for us fighting whatever problems we have, you know, what, you know, people call them demons, they call them problems. They, you know, we, for this album, we called them monsters Mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure we were in the right headspace. You know, there was a song we wrote uh, for our, one of our grandmothers that passed away in 2017, no, 2016. Mm -hmm. And like, I put a picture of her up, in the vocal booth because i needed i needed to be consistent constantly reminded of why we were doing this and then um we we have another song actually the only the only song on the album he he never picked up a guitar on it's called everglade Mm -hmm. um but that song was the one i i think i mentioned earlier it was about uh our grandmother having dementia Mm-hmm. and us kind of going through that process and while we were recording the album she she was living with our parents and we we office out of our parents house so that we could help so there'd be somebody there all the time mm-hmm. and it just reached a point where we somebody had to be there all the time and it it for her safety we needed her we needed to know she was in a safe place so uh we I say we it was really our our dad and his siblings, but it was kind of a family decision. I mm-hmm. think um, decided that she needed to go to an assisted living, and you know, just having the conversation with her because she she had always said that she she knew she if she got to that point, she wanted to be put in a place like that because um, she went through the same thing with her mother, and then you know when the dimension really kicked in that that went away she she didn't she i don't know if she didn't remember I, I don't know what it was but she she just didn't she was not a fan of the idea she was not a fan of the idea and i remember having a conversation with her telling her you know that exact thing this isn't this isn't because you're a problem for us you've done nothing wrong because that was one of her things what what have i done wrong well you you didn't do anything she she fell and broke her broke her femur femur. behind her kneecap yeah behind her kneecap and in in a place where it's so close to the femoral artery that there was a very high chance of her not making it out of the surgery um fortunately our mother was home and i live about six minutes away and could come help pick her up off the floor but I, i told her it's it's things like that that if we can't if we can't have somebody here all the time with you it just imagine how we would feel if something really bad happened to you and we weren't there mm-hmm. and and no and, and no you couldn't get help there. and you couldn't yeah. get help um and you know that kind of you know for for the few minutes that that conversation lasted for her you know she she got it but that that may be you know, I don't know how many hard conversations I've had in my life more, more than I want, mm-hmm. but definitely top five mm-hmm. hardest conversations. And so going into the studio and recording that song while we're in the midst of, right in the middle of it, of, of her getting moved and she, she 
she was not happy about it. She did not. She loves it there. <laughs> she, now. she loves it there. She now, loves it she, there now. She, she wasn't. Doesn't, she didn't. It, it like was. That it was idea. so hard to do. And I think it, that that song has one of my favorite moments in the album because um, Jacob had written the song in high school mm-hmm. about another lady that she'd had Alzheimer's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or dementia. I can't remember. They, they're they're all Alzheimer's. Yeah. Is, basically, doesn't matter. Um, he wrote it. And he wasn't a big fan of it, but I loved the song. I loved the I loved the intent behind it, but it was high school lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Very, very forced. And I was like, I it with your permission, I want us to record the song. And if you're okay with it, I want to rewrite the verses. The mm-hmm. choruses were great. I want to rewrite the verses, uh, you know, kind of make it not feel so teenage and angsty and, and he was like please i was listening to a lot god, of dear agony for the love of god don't please please kill yeah. those lyrics they're terrible um but when it came time to recording it i recorded the the vocals on the on the verses which i'm i do the primary vocals on everything mm-hmm. um but i offered him the chorus not not like i'm giving him a gift <laughs> but I, I wanted him i wanted him to have i wanted him to have it if he wanted it and i don't i don't we did like two or three takes and mm. it's the first chorus and if you listen on the album like he he started crying like could, couldn't hardly get through it and he was like oh, just give me a minute to collect I'll, I'll get it and i was like nope that that one's going on yeah because that is about as raw and as emotional and as painful a recording as you could ever get and that's what the song deserves and again, another hill I was ready to die on, but <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it didn't really have to force me much on that. Yeah. It was tough though. I mean, like, golly, it was like, there, there were a lot of bombs dropped in the, in the midst of that recording. I mean, it, like it, what a lot of people don't realize. And I, I think it's cause we're just so far removed from musicians and like the studio life and this, that, and the other is that real life is still happening to everybody that's on the console, in the room, wherever. Like, mm-hmm. it's still happening. It doesn't just magically stop for a month or two months or yeah, however you're, long. you're not in a bomb shelter getting protected from real life. Right. And, um, but I think that it it made this album stronger uh, to be able to have those moments. I mean, not now, like if anybody asked me like hey would you like me to sprinkle a few of those through the next one i'd be like no i don't no. want so it. it i mean like, it just happens and there, there were plenty there were plenty of those moments that you know just reliving them while oh, while i was gosh, you know yeah. writing and recording the the vocals on this album it, it was, was tough. yeah it was it was tough and <laughs> I'm I'm living through some right now that are going to make for some great lyrics, <laughs> um, right? But uh, it, it's just, yeah, I think that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that that made that album, and, and it's kind of like what you said, probably I don't know, three or four hours ago at this point, <laughs> however long we've been going. Um, but it, it's like the thing is, is that it is the basis of human conflict right mm-hmm. it's everything that everybody deals with you can write sh- fancy schmancy guitar parts and cool drum fills well, and stuff like that so let, let me throw something in here okay i think that i think this 
the antithesis of this is why people have hated Nickelback for so long. For, first few albums, like first few albums were really good. And, and, and then Chad Kroger figured out the key to writing su- successful songs and stopped making them this kind, kind of personal. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that's and, and so like, I, I still, I still love like old Nickelback. Absolutely. Like, uh, I, side up. I'm, I'm not one of those I hate them because they're popular. No, I, I got tired of them because he was writing the same song over and over and it was like nothing below the surface. Mm-hmm. But then you have the flip side of that and gonna, gonna totally drop, you know, name drop a cool story here. But uh, one of the times I was hanging out with seven dust, it was not long after Clint Lowry had rejoined the band. And I think it was his first tour back with them. Man, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but a friend of mine, um, he's actually, he's, I think he's the production man. He's Metallica's production manager now, mm. which is still Random. blows my mind, but, <laughs> but he was in a band that we shared the stage with a lot. They were from Dallas. They came here a lot. Um, and I got to be friends with him. And at that time, Morgan Rose was helping him produce his second album. And so seven Dust came to town and this guy's band played with him was like, Hey, you want to go back there and meet him? And I was like, Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of them. Yeah. But right. anyway, um, so we get back there and I don't know how we got on the topic, but I got to spend most of the evening with Morgan and he's talking about writing the album alpha, which that may be my favorite seven dust album because he wrote all of the lyrics and he, he said he felt bad for lj because every time you know the job to come in he's like man i've got an idea for this song he's like nope we're doing this and it was about his relationship uh his marriage to i think she was the bass player for coal chamber yeah. and more like she was physically abusive mm-hmm. like massive and you know mo- most of this is public record at this point <coughs> but hearing him talk about like what each song was about and like the, the horrible places that those songs came from. Like when, once we got through this album, it's like, I get it. Now I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. Like there there's, you know, you can write about bad stuff happening, but writing from, from those dark places and trying to, bring bring those monsters up when you're in the studio it's hard yeah it's hard it's painful but like in the end it's totally worth it absolutely i mean it's 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 catharsis of its own absolutely um you you kind of get to yeah i don't know for me some of it i mean there's some of it like obviously like our grandmother with dementia that's an every week if not every day experience for us um but there's some of them and most of it is stuff that ross has been through i contributed one chorus worth of lyrics to the whole album uh and i wrote that in high school so uh pretty much it's all ross writing lyrics and stuff but um i tried to write it in a way that yeah you you, you can wrap it around whatever oh yeah for sure i mean it's very relatable um but it's to me i feel like okay that was it that thing kind of had power over me. Right. But now it's in its box. It's in this three minute, 46 second box mm-hmm. and it gets to live there. 
And now I'm free of that, even though we play it all the time. Like it goes back in the box when you're done with it. When it's just, it's like, it's like shining a light on the ugly thing that doesn't like to have the light shown on it. Every Mm -hmm. time we play it, every time we listen to it. Yeah. and And it crawls back down into the depths from which it came. Yeah. But you don't have to, you just don't like, you don't have to carry it with you anymore. It's yeah. like, it's just giving it up to something and, you know, whatever your worldview is. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a good way to manage stress. So um, music is stressful. Writing music relieves stress. Producing Recording music, music causes induces stresses, stress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, playing shows induces stress. The after of no, the get, show. Get, getting ready for the show induces stress. Playing. Yeah. Playing the show is the kind of the relief. And then packing up after the show also induces stress. I mean, it's a balance, um, but it's a very out of balance. balance but yeah, yeah, but we love it, man. It's it's just it's been and it's been so cool. We've met so many cool bands that I would have never heard of, like Madam Mayhem. That's like one of my like uh, uh, May loves Rick and Morty. And That's right. we did we did a cover of Get Swifty. It's on our album. We paid for licensing and everything, so it's totally legit. Do Do you watch Rick and Morty? I don't watch him as much as I used to. My brother is just one of the biggest Rick and Morty fans I've ever met. So every okay. time I see him, he's always talking about Rick and Morty. So I'm like, so, ah, so shit, I got to catch up. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, <laughs> I turn myself into a pickle. Boom, bigger yeah. meal. <laughs> so so one one of the one of the funny like it, it was a massive coincidence. Um, when we were crowdfunding our album, we needed about 200, 250 bucks to get the license for Swifty. And there was a lady that we had known growing up. Family friend of ours. Yeah, family friend. And she wrote us a check for 250 bucks as a crowdfunder. And her name is Beth, Beth Smith. Smith. <laughs> yeah. It's not, and there is, I'm not. Oh we're not God. kidding it is the most like uh, it's it, it, like her name's in the album mo- yeah so and that's <laughs> kind of a cool thing i mean there's so many cool things so. we could go on about um uh, but yeah beth smith paid for us to have swifty legally so um actually i have it I'll, i don't does your brother like guitar picks does he collect guitar picks does, does he even really care um if it's rick and morty related he would love it so i have one so like we did get swifty right and i'm like okay how do we get away with this and this is probably we might have to strike it from the record. I don't know. But We're not I, selling them. Uh, you know, I'm just giving these picks away. It's the picks I play with. They're it's a like the Dunlop Jazz Three styled pick, but it's from In Tune. But one side is Rick, and the other side is a portal, and then it says Labor Twelve, but it's in the Rick and Morty font. And I call that pick Pick Sanchez. <laughs> so Look, um, Morty, I've turned myself into a guitar pick. Yeah, literally. Boom, so, big reveal. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll mail you one. Um, then, per- I mean, I'll mail you two. You can have one, and he can have one. Uh, or you can have perfect. two, or you can have two. Yeah, it doesn't matter to us. Oh, no, I'm giving him one. I, I gotta uh, give him one. <laughs> but anyways, it's just been like in T Pain. Oh like, yeah, T Pain liked Get Swifty. Yeah, like, he, was, he was doing a he was doing a stream one night, and somebody submitted it, and he was too just like, okay, yeah, man, I like, I like it. it. <laughs> and we're like, lame claim to fame number one. <laughs> T Pain said he liked it. So it, that's a good claim to have, though. I mean, 
Devin T-Pain oh, yeah. likes your music. I mean, that's just someone that's going to connect with multiple different generations of right. different kinds of fans. All of a sudden, you know, playing a Get Swifty cover, it's like, holy shit. You know, if T-Pain's <laughs> going to like it, someone else is going to like it. On top of that, the only way that could have been better is if in that crowdfund from Beth Smith to get you that final $250, if in the memo of it, it said, show me what you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think she's ever watched Rick and Morty. No, she has no idea what I, she did. I, have, I don't think she really understands what also, she did. Also, awesome. have you heard that song? Like oh, our version of it? Uh, yeah. Okay. I swallowed like 85,000 gallons of air to get that burp at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. way, it, the, way the, news the news goes. goes. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> that one, that song is so funny to me because it's definitely got the most uh, inconsistencies, I would say, in all the tracking of it. Because we were like, it's Rick and Morty. It doesn't have to be it. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. Like everything else, we're like really about precision and clean and oh, man. tight. And I, I, I almost made him mad a few times. You're like, no, we got to go back and do oh. that. It was not you. It's just, well, it was more. Well, I was, was I was the, going, I was, he the, was one. the messenger. Yeah. yeah was so the I wanted, I couldn't shoot the messenger or also the message for you, sir. <laughs> oh, Concord. Um, so yeah. I feel like but, I'm better right were, now. I, I could go on. I'm feeling quite I'm feeling okay. No, 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 okay, no. okay. So you don't have a copy of the CD, but if you did, there is a Monty Python, a Monty Python on, reference on only the physical CD. We could not Well, no, you can like if you buy a copy through the through the website. Oh, okay. Think, so if you I get a downloadable somewhere. copy from the website, but like uh due to the nature of how we added it to the album spotify and apple music all the streaming platforms wouldn't take it because it, you can't you can't have hidden tracks on albums anymore or not for or streaming like or dead space for so long so um yeah and if you if you happen to be there there is a tasty little there, Monty there, there might there might be a cd and with your pick yeah possibly <laughs> um could be let's end up like listening to the cd and all of a sudden i'm just gonna hear like in in the faint just you know <laughs> That would be awesome. That would have been a better idea. No, this one's a little more obscure. It's still a Holy Grail reference, but um, it's just something that our drummer started doing at some point. And now it's like, if we have rehearsal, We take off our hats and put it over our hearts whenever he starts. Yeah, it's just, just to, I don't know. It's kind of like Shinedown has their like thing that they do before their show where they're all like chanting and whatever. This is ours. <laughs> it's not near as cool. Uh, we, we typically have to do it at Soundcheck, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just so many, oh man, there's so much we could talk about. Like, I know we're, we're like way over time here, but <laughs> it's, it's just the nature of, this has been like one, if not the coolest experience of my life until we get to open for seven dust, this is it. So um, just the whole, I mean, there's a lot of things we did that, like we said, we did it for us. Um, one of my favorite things I spent like, I think about six months designing the album and the, the like, it's got an actual lyric booklet in it. I mean, I wanted, we wanted, I, I say, I, I think we both wanted it. Uh, I wanted it to look like you could walk in to Best Buy and pick it up off the shelf. Right. I'd never or, been able to afford more than just like a front and back in the front cover. So we actually did a full booklet. Yeah. It's like 12 pages or 14 pages yeah. or something. Um, and it's all, it's full color. The CD is um, the original shirt that we had designed. Um, our designer, you know, just sent us a file. He's like, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. We're like, cool. So, like, that's actually the art on the CD, and it's printed on there, 
and it's in and their glass master discs. So, I mean, people pick it up and they're like, where are y'all from? We get asked at, at, at all 20 of our shows in Lubbock. People ask us every time, where are y'all from? We're like, we're from here. And they're like, no, not to be no. fair. Some of them are so drunk that they've That's... asked us that multiple times. At different shows. <laughs> totally true. Hey, where are you from? Well, like I told you last time, Phil, we're, yeah. uh, yeah. Dude, but, I work with you. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we from? Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of a crazy thing when it's nice when your hometown is like, you're not from here. Where are you really from? We're like, dude, bro, we're literally from. I'm not going to tell you where I live because that's weird. But my house is 20 blocks that way. Yeah, yeah. we are from here. So um, but I, I think it's a lot of. We've already been through a lot of the hurdles that. um like new bands and, and young bands deal with because we've all run businesses or had jobs or kind of dealt with. You know, I've been, I've been in two other bands prior to this that had like both of them. One of them, I was offered a record contract with Roadrunner records. Um, at that point, that was like 2006, 2007. Yeah. And I was told that Chad Kroger was going to be my producer which meant I was going to be another Nickelback band. Mm-hmm. Um, so turned that turned that down because I didn't... seemed like a terrible idea from what I was told. Turning it down was a good idea. Um, and then the last band I was in, there was... I think we were on the verge of getting offered what they called a 360 deal from Warner Brothers. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Yeah, and the band broke up before that happened. But that, that was one of those things I was actually talking to Ken Jay about, and he was like, dude, they would have they would have owned your liver by the time you were done. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, they okay. would have. Yeah, so that's kind of we so I I this wasn't the first band I built and just knowing what I knowing what I knew, and it had been what ten years almost. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, about eight exactly. years. Yeah, I yeah, guess eight, eight years. It's 10 years this year, but, um, but yeah, I was like, uh, it doesn't matter how long ago it was, but just me being that much older and having been run running a business since that last band broke up, Mm -hmm. just learned a lot about, okay, there are smart ways to do things in stupid ways. (laughs) And, you know, I've tried all the stupid ways and none of them worked. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's really put us ahead. Plus we own a production company. I mean, you can kind of like see we, this is what we do for a living. So um, that, I mean, having marketing behind us, I mean, there's just, there's so many facets of being a band. I, if I would be awesome if it was just writing music and playing it, but that's like somebody else to do all the, that's like 10% lifting. of what we do. You know, the other 90 is, uh, you know, stills, organizing shows graphics graphics posters content because content's everything (laughs) i feel bad for the other guys because none of neither of them know how to do any of this yeah well actually well well, our our drummer knows how to stream our drummer is a twitch streamer and but he couldn't set this he messages when right when this started he's like look at my stream so i'm not gonna lie i popped over there and he had like 144 people in his stream so which for twitch is and for the amount of followers and stuff he has is like a huge amount like typically he averages like 28 to 30 people a night um, so having 144 is like humongous it's pretty dope. um but yeah so like besides that like 12 people invited 12 friends yeah 
literally and they all showed up yeah, <laughs> yeah right they all that, showed up that never happens yeah um so i don't even know where we've rabbit hole we've, we've talked about a lot we've rabbit <laughs> holed. i'll say is we've rabbit hold so many different times in this podcast but the reason why I love the fact that we rabbit hold on so many things is for a number of reasons. One, when it comes to your guys' experience being in bands and being the band you are in now, it offers a lot of different ideas, a lot of different advice, a lot of different like pieces of, you know, just little content that people can take a look at, take a listen to that are in bands right now, starting bands and help them through certain things where, you know, maybe they didn't think of these certain things and go through some of these experiences and figure out, you know, okay, you know, the merch idea, you know, not going after a 360 deal. Thank God you didn't do that because, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be missing half a liver, you know, part of your stomach and then mm-hmm. have your foot taken off because you own it to Warner. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, but nah. the other piece of it, too, was we were talking about, you know, writing the music and like recording it and going through all those things. It's it gives so much more authenticity to the music because even though it is tough to, you know, actually record that stuff during that time. It, when we listen to it, it's if we've gone through something similar, we're able to pick up on that emotion Absolutely. and we're able to relate to that and we're able to understand more the emotion and not feel so alone during that time if we have gone through something similar. It's what makes so many bands stand out from good to great because they like foster that connection with the fans that you know no one else can really get. Plus all the crazy stories you guys told, this is what <laughs> I love about this podcast because when it comes down to Labor 12, I'm not sure how many people are going to know the band before I put this out. But for people that are going to listen to this whole podcast and literally listen to you guys just go on all these different tangents, just riff off of each other. I mean, I got to know more about you guys than I could ever possibly imagine within an hour and a half time span. And I've only ever had two other artists probably talk as much as you guys did to where I talked to like almost non-existent which was awesome <laughs> the only other two were matt mcandrew from the band rain city drive and elias from non-point and i'm just oh, like that's I, cool i did not want to stop like you guys talking because i'm like i don't want to miss anything you guys are saying <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to miss out on any of this because this is all great stuff it was the same thing with matt it was the same thing with elias it's the same thing with you guys awesome well we're we yeah we have a lot uh, to i'm talk cool about. being in the top three i'm cool with that yeah and being up there with Nonpoint, I got to see first time I saw them. They were my first metal show. Actually, it was Mudvayne in this moment in Nonpoint. That's right. Oh. I forgot they were on that show. Yeah, and because you smelled like beer, at the I end smelled like beer at the end because a guy spirit his old bass player, not not our bass player now. This is years ago. Spilled beer all over me. Um, but I will never forget Nonpoint because the drummer is like ninety degrees from the stage. He always plays sideways. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'll never forget him. And his kit was like clear. At that point, so sorry, another rabbit hole, but another, another rabbit hole. But again, <laughs> we just get to find out so much more about you guys, so much more about the band, and so much more just about who you are as people. It just it takes a whole nother level to the point where it was again. Even myself, I'm like I know very little about you guys before this episode, and I'm just like Jesus Christ. They're like I'm gonna be end up like going back into this episode, like reviewing everything, so I can put everything up, you know, properly yeah. on for YouTube and everything for all the streaming platforms as well. And I'm just going to be looking through all this and like looking for content points. And I'll be like, I'm going to have like 20 or 30 different points. I'm like, I can rip like minutes off of this stuff oh, and just good, put good, and good. splice them up. But the, you guys are going to give me the greatest problem to have. It's what do I pick out of all this great stuff? Yeah, Cause I can't man, pick. We have separate been there. Things. Yeah. I have I, done I, a few I, interviews. It's like a that. love hate problem. We do. Uh-huh. Uh, so our video production company, we, we did a, a shoot with, um, <clears throat> excuse me. A little girl earlier this year who 
she's one of the faces of we, we have a big children's hospital here in texas called cook children's hospital mm-hmm. and she's one of the faces for them uh, she she also has done make a i think was it make a wish what was the one that she was on like cereal boxes in like hawaii i don't i i don't know about that but she's yeah. also uh, she she's done stuff children's with Target. miracle network I think. children's miracle network yeah. that's what it is um she designed a shirt that got uh a picked up by yeah. by target <laughs> um but what is she 13 13 yeah or yeah. 14 she just turned 14 yeah she was 13 at the time yeah and this little girl had she was born with uh a blood cancer very rare very rare mm-hmm. and beat it with a bone marrow transplant only to get uh bone bone cancer, cancer. And then beat that and then beat that. So, but what's cool about her is, you know, you have some like certain kids go through that kind of stuff and they lose their childhood. They, you know, for, for lack of a better term, they really lose their innocence. Mm -hmm. And then you have the kids that they just kind of go through it completely clueless as to what's going on. Um, but she was like the perfect blend. She's smarter than probably a lot of the doctors she's worked with at this point, but she's still a, a freaking kid. kid. Yeah. And, 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 and like, if you're, uh, if you ever watched uncle Buck, you know, his, his niece gets accused of being a silly heart and that's exactly what she is, mm-hmm. but she's a silly heart that could tell you more about cancer and treatments than and awareness. Yeah. Uh, it, she's like, it, it's she, she's amazing. And, we, we shot an interview with her back in April. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. We, we had a it big was... show here in Lubbock the next day. Oh, that's right. The, we so... had already booked a show here. We were headlining here. And then they called us and they said, hey, we're doing this thing. Can you all come shoot? She, she was getting to meet her bone marrow donor. For the first time. For the first time. <clears throat> because they, they weren't able to. Because she had, she had the bone marrow transplant and they have to wait a year before there's any contact and that was in 2019 for, for protocol that was in 2019 2020 happened and she couldn't and anyway. no but nobody was going to meet anybody yeah um so it was a big deal for them to have us come to that and so we shot with her and it was very much that interview so like it did we put the whole thing out by itself i don't remember but it was like her like, her interview was like kind of like this for except for it was 45 minutes it, it, we're on like an hour like, and 40 right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was yeah. too much good stuff to be able to use it all. Um, oh, at man, least, amazing. but, but yeah, so all, all, that, to all say, that to say, we know we how you feel. We know. Yeah. Um, you, you know how I feel, but you guys are on a completely different wavelength than I was something like that. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done it for, we've done it for a long time. And uh, so, but we're glad. I mean, and we really, I like seriously, really appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, I just, I saw Madam Mayhem post about it and I was like, ask not, have not, right? Like, may, may as well reach out. If he's like, no, nope, it's got, it, I'm not interested. It's like, okay, cool. And that's just as not- long as he doesn't say, nope, you guys are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, and, and you haven't said that yet. He'll so. say it after. Yeah. He'll, Man, when he's editing, nah. these guys are stupid. <laughs> nah, if I haven't said it to myself yet, then I probably won't be saying it to you guys. Oh, good. Okay. 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 <laughs> and to end this on a positive note, like we just did, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, gentlemen, I always like to give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, gentlemen, the floor is yours. The album. Go yeah. to labor12, laborxii.com. 
um, or linktree.com forward slash labor XII. That will take you anywhere you want to go buy our CDs, buy our t-shirts, digital downloads. Yeah. Um, stream us on Spotify, save us to your playlists and all the funds. But funness. if you're going to do that, go ahead and buy the, buy the album. Cause uh, we only get like, well, I mean, Oh, 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 six right. percent of, you know, yeah. Anything. Well, I mean, that's but, the, that's the thing. Like, if you want to support a if band, if you want to support a band, buy merch and buy their music. Yeah, but, but buy also, it directly. but also subscribe to them on Spotify or follow them, put them in your playlist because, like, one of the biggest metrics that producers or or show like or any like bills yeah, they look at is Spotify account. metrics. Like, yeah, and it sucks, but that's part of it. So, but yeah, um, if you go to the website, sign up for our email, or jump in on our street team on Facebook. If, if yeah, you, if you hang out there. Yeah, um, the email we put out, we the put email out special deals. Good. Yeah, put out special deals that we don't make available to the public. Yeah, and then also um, like <clears throat> I tell everybody this when they sign up for our email, our email, we are not gonna spam you. We don't have time to spam you, so it's like, a chore for me to remember to actually send out the emails. Yeah, and I and I'm the one that puts the emails together. I'm the one that ships our merch. Yeah, so you know you're we not you're not paying your you're not paying a sweatshop of people in China to. Oh, I mean. Maybe for some of the print-on-demand stuff, but that's probably true. Yeah. Well, no, the backpack came from Latvia, so it's a sweatshop in Latvia that's uh, yeah. making those. But <laughs> my best friend in um, fourth grade was from Latvia. Nice, yeah. but yeah, we have a lot of stuff in our in our store. Yeah, on all, the website. Oh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like a lot of the stories that we've talked about here, um, like right now we have a series going on every Wednesday at like three o'clock, I think. Um, we're releasing a, like an explanation of lyrics. So like the first three songs, four songs, four. first four songs have come out. So like <laughs> Wednesday, it's going to drop again. I don't know by the time this comes out, what, what's going to be happening, but we try to keep our YouTube channel going, but there's also like almost three hours worth of mini documentaries for like recording our album and all, all that kind of stuff. So seeing the, uh, the, the fun and the not so fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, like it's, me having to tell him that, Hey, remember that first song you recorded? We need you to do that again. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. But, and yeah, we cry, we laugh, fart noises, all the things. Um, so some violence, maybe <laughs> some violence. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool shows up, um, a kind of pudgy Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like an Olympic sized Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks. Um, so yeah, just check us out all of our socials. You know, we try to keep them. Um, we try to keep content coming to people. Um, but if you listen to the album and you like it, you know, you can message us. You can reach uh, one of us is reading it. One of the two of us usually. We don't let the bass player or the drummer have access. To we we send them screen. Uh, screenshots. We send screenshots. But like, if you I, like something, get a hold of us. I, lo- we, I love hearing what people think yeah. of the album. Absolutely. And if you um, have stories, um, uh, stories about you know like oh i heard this song and this reminded me of this like we love hearing those you know because at the end of the day we're all human and uh and and that connection drives us as much as it drives you guys you know you guys give back to us um also follow this podcast gonna i'm gonna (laughs) shout that out yeah better chord progressions because uh that you know this is we've had a blast here um so follow all of our socials follow this podcast and be nice to your mother Unless she's to... mean to you, I mean. True. Yeah. I want to be fair. Yeah. Okay. True. Be nice to your mother, unless you know your mother is Mrs. Bates. Unless, unless your mother, you're David Draymond's mom. I was going to say yeah. David Draymond's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Dang, we both went through. Man. Oh, you know you what? Actually, uh, now that I've, I have to tangent this because I was going to say it when you were talking about Nickelback. Good Nickelback is the song Too Bad because his mom was working like five jobs and was never home. And like they shot the part of the music videos, like her working in a diner. Um, and then like abusive relationships that his mom was in and stuff like the first albums. It's like, oh, we all know that person. And then <clears throat> and then Rockstar came out. Not the movie with Miles Kennedy, but the song. And it was like, oh, okay. They did have Side of a Bullet, which was the dime song that had one of Dime's solos on it. But anyways, okay, yeah, now we're done. All right. <laughs> now we're able to go to my last three things. So when it comes to Labor 12, they told you a bunch of different places to find out, a bunch of different things to do. And yeah, so go and follow them, subscribe to them, you know, subscribe to them on any streaming service, buy some stuff from them, buy some of those shirts, buy copies of their music, digital, physical, whatever it might be. But instead of having to go and like search all that stuff up yourself, here's what you're going to do. Go to the description of the podcast, say find Labor 12 online. There's going to be links for everything, labels for everything. I'm going to do all the research for you guys. So all you have to do is click on the link and then hit that button as like, share, subscribe, listen, buy, whatever it might be. It's all there for you. So yeah, go and do that right now. Well, or after we're done, you know, with this whole entire podcast, then go do it. <laughs> Time for number two, gentlemen. So whenever I have guests on the podcast, I absolutely love having on. I tend to make a certain promise to them. I'm going to have to edit this promise for you guys because I don't think the promise is going to be enough. So typically the promise is when it's not an if it's a when, because when implies that this will happen time and day to be determined when I get to you guys perform live for the first time, typically the promise is that first round is on me. However, I feel like if I only, I feel like one round is not going to cover it. Like it's like we, we just had one round. It's like, okay, you know, we'll probably go through one round. All of a sudden it's like, shit, we want to keep talking. I need, I'm going to need more beer. So fuck it. I'm just going to bring a whole goddamn case. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That'll work for us. So if you guys are ever, so if I'm ever down there, you know, I might have to find a way to get some like the, some, 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 you know, Wisconsin beer down to you guys and be like, Hey, uh, okay. what's this shit? We need we'll to see. go. We need to go up to like Wisconsin. Maybe make a death trip out of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll call it the yeah. Oh, <laughs> the marketing's already there. We just see, have marketing's already there. Minds already moving. We'll <laughs> get these, let these guys get on it so they can get their minds wrapped around this by ending it with my third thing, which is I can't say goodbye because there was so much we went through on this podcast. I know there's so much more we can still go through the next time we do this because there will be a next time we do this. Absolutely. Plus, I made the promise to you guys, so goodbye is too final. No, no, no. This is going to be, I'll see you later. Well, folks, that's my interview with Ross and Jacob from the band Labor 12. Once again, if you want to find them, everything online, you know, find them on their social media accounts, subscribe to their YouTube channel, listen to their stuff, subscribe to their streaming platforms, everything, you know, buy some merch, buy some music, buy all that stuff from them. Go to the podcast, which says find Labor 12 online links and labels for everything are going to be there for you. So go make sure you do that because after hearing about this band and like all the stories they had, everything they talked about, you're not going to want to miss out on what they're about to do. Also make sure you're following along with the corporate crush podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your viewing pleasure. Also subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, talk about podcasts, I hurry you, Amazon, and wherever you might be streaming these audio wise and or a lot of different places. If you're already subscribed to the podcast, podcast a gigantic thank you goes out to you my friend because well this is like the thing that i love to do the most like i even with like my full, my full-time job i'm like oh god all of a sudden like i get to do this stuff i'm like yeah let's go so the energy is always there not stopping thank you for subscribing if you're just subscribing right now i want to extend that thanks to you as well because you're supporting this dream right here if you're like this was awesome i don't want to subscribe please reconsider 
If not, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for joining the podcast. You're always welcome back, and you're welcome to subscribe at any time. Also, want to thank our sponsor, First Manscaped. Play for stuff and free shipping the code CPP at checkout at manscaped.com. And, of course, when we were Hungry Festival, October 20th, 21st, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tickets on sale now when we were HungryFestival.com. Pancakes fit, meme of the dreams. I'll see you out there. Thank you, boys, from Labor 12. And, well, that first case of beer is going to be on me after this type of conversation because there's a lot more we can talk about over a case of beer. So, on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching. This is the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See?